back to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Today we're going in on you. You opened it wrong already. Oh, is there a is is there a specific way we open it? Which podcast? Aren't you? Didn't you just say that? Oh, we open. Okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. Okay. Welcome back to Bikes, Berms, and Oh my! Oh my God! What is it? Bikes, Berms, and Brews. Bikes, balls. Yeah. Start over. All right. Welcome back to Bikes, Berms, and Brews. That's okay, so hold on. Weird. Hold on. Okay, let me try. We're loud. We're loud. Okay, go. Hey everyone, welcome to the Bikes, Firms, and Brews podcast. I'm Janika White, and today I'm here with Jess Longname and Lexi Pichot. Pichot, no, we need. You know what? Let's open this right now, Lexi. Is it peach out? Picho? <laughs> P- what? What other How combinations you have you heard? I, I have it in my phone. It's Peach out. <laughs> Peach out. It's German. Technically, it's French. Oh. oh. I, I'm not French at all. No? At not, not even close. You got to introduce but, yourself. How do we say this name? Yeah, say I the say name. Pichot. Pichot. But then it sounds different if my dad says it, and every announcer ever has always butchered it. So I just oh, roll yeah. with whatever. Yeah. This hazy was pretty good, also. During nationals this season, one of the announcers asked me how to say it, and I'm pretty sure I told him peach out. <laughs> of course, he did. Thank you. Because I thought it would be funny. Bro, peach out doesn't sound good. Too, by the way, for like a female racer. <laughs> oh, I thought we should make shirts with just a peach. Johnny. <laughs> That can be my butt patch. Oh, that would be so sick. Yeah. Peach is out. Glad we, glad we can clarify this. It's not peach out. Push That's out. good. Push out. Yeah, you got it. Peach We're dialed. We're good. All right. Awesome. So where's your dad from? So he's from Germany. Okay. And uh, he came over here in early 80s, I think. He was a big big rancher guy at that point he moved here he opened a ranch had a bunch of horses and he was living that life siggy was a ranch guy he was a ranch oh, guy wow. oh, can you believe that that's crazy we're shocked that you you could have went the other way you could have just been a horse girl well she is she's a horse she's a horse i did she's got horse horses yeah at one point in my life it was a, it was a great time i'm kind of scared of horses you're so when when people are like, I ride horses, I'm like, that is terrifying. Yeah, yeah, they're they're all right. I mean, I definitely like motorcycles better these days. But did you ever like race horses or anything? <laughs> no, 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 just like rode them. Way cooler though. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. I feel like there's a lot of levels of like racing a horse. Well, like there, yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of got into it this year a little bit. It's like you could do the equestrian, the barrel. I think the barrel would be cool. Barrel racing's pretty. pretty that would be cool. sick. Never did any of it. Just like rode them. I was really young, so like oh. kind of, but nothing to like count for anything oh, cool. of any capacity. We're gonna go over to her dad's house someday, and he's just gonna have like horse trophies with Lexi's name all over them. No, 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 no. <laughs> Big horse girl. <laughs> Did Siggy ride bikes back in Germany then? So he had a friend that moved here. His like whole journey coming to Canada, I'm pretty sure, was because he had a his best friend was a chef, moved to Banff, and um was sending him pictures and he was like oh my goodness these mountains are unbelievable apparently it was really hard and really expensive to ride motorcycles in germany and my dad just loved it so he ro- rode like some street bikes and stuff while he was over there 
um, moved here, was a big ranch guy, somehow got involved in riding motorcycles and, uh, yeah, started racing like off-road and <laughs> getting involved that way. Um, but my mom, my mom's just like a small town Alberta girl. <laughs> Burn, oh. born and raised. Yep. And, yeah. uh, so her, her one brother started racing, convinced her to come to one of the races, met my dad. My parents actually got engaged on the podium at one of the off-road races. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of the like biggest off-road races here, Porky's, they got engaged at. Oh, which year would have that been? I don't know. They were married a while ago. Yeah, like early. <laughs> a couple years. 92? Oh, oh wow. Yeah, that's cool. Um, So yeah, they they had that. So motorcycles have kind of... Yeah, off-road was like in their blood. That, yeah. Like that's kind of their... And my dad didn't really want anything to do with moto like he did some of the like the, like the lethbridge arena cross we got photos in the house of of that but... of stiggy racing lethbridge arena cross oh, yeah oh wow yeah. oh that's sick yeah <laughs> that'd be a good photo and uh but there's never really like i don't think he did any moto it was pretty much all just off like the off-road stuff. did your mom ride at all she rode too yeah my oh, dad got yeah. her into riding also oh, nice. and then many years later i came along and was basically born on two wheels so as soon as i could basically was strong enough to turn the throttle um started riding so my dad obviously european background i had a little yellow pw50 <laughs> and yeah. he didn't want to give me training wheels so i had a sidecar instead oh so <laughs> obviously did he sit in the sidecar like who sat in the sidecar oh no 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 so it was just like a it was basically just like a flat platform and then on the front, pw on the pw yeah oh I'll my god this is so sick oh yeah we got a clip of photo on this and i we have like photos of us camping and there was like a laundry basket at one point in time that would like sit on there and then people would sit in it and i'd like rip around and then there was like a lawn chair at one point in time oh, so probably like very so cool. upon, but Ow. Dude, this was, like, that would be sick wasn't this yesterday that i just said we need a bike with a sidecar so we yeah. can go riding lexi's done it check yeah, it off done that. Like, I, I love sidecars and i was dying so after i got that 650 this year kale found me a sidecar in like northern ontario that just like clips on for the like, barbie klr yeah i'm like obviously we need that Oh, <laughs> could you imagine us commuting to work? Dude, that'd be so sick. Kale's definitely in the sidecar. Definitely, definitely in the sidecar. In the sidecar. Oh, I thought you meant all three of us, but <laughs> she was <laughs> <laughs> We don't work together. <laughs> Jess in the sidecar, Lexi and I doubling on the KLR. Oh my god, what? That'll be how we'll shoot one of the pods. Audio oh would be dialed. Oh my god, yeah. these two with just shooting the podcast everywhere they can imagine. They're literally yeah. like side of the dirt bike track, full 450 motos. Let's record a pod right then and there. It'll sound great. It's great. It'll be like the full venture pod. Oh my. Jess is just tweaking like OCD on all of her like all, all of her mic stuff is like <laughs> audio sounds great, guys. <laughs> so Lexi had a PW with a sidecar. Yeah. Wow. And then to start. Have to you start. seen sidecar racing? Like, did you ever think the maybe European you would go? Canada, that? I've seen it. He's no. in at least one video a week of someone like the motocross sidecar. Yeah. Those racing are... is gnarly nuts. and then at one point in my life we thought ice racing was going to be a good idea so we did that pretty heavily for a few years mm -hmm. how, how old were you when you started that then uh my dad set it up the, the p-dub <gasps> <laughs> no, so yeah you've like ice rode your whole life too then yeah and at oh, one, all I, have, like, I have a handful of 
pro ice racing championships but Whoa, we, humble we, brag. <laughs> we had uh my dad had a sidecar that him and his buddy built and they ice raced that and they dirt tracked it and it was it was like a machine like That's it was all sick. custom built custom frame it had like a snowmobile engine in it like it was gnarly oh, okay. yeah ziggy's wild ziggy is Dang. wild huh well that's exciting so your first like off-road race was like as soon as you were old enough you raced it yeah so basically my my family was all about just like this is what we did as a family we didn't play any sports i mean my dad was into soccer but i would just ran around in circles in the field so <laughs> this is what we did every single weekend um that we could as we got a little bit older my parents started the second gear club which was a off-road motorcycle club based in alberta and they started that yeah they like started. that's crazy when you said that because i obviously didn't grow up in off-road and then when i started going and seeing like second gear working in the dealerships and stuff i had no idea that your parents started that like that's pretty rad yeah yeah so many many years ago they ran it for i think 20 years and then they retired and passed it on, passed to... it on. and second gear is a like not-for-profit off-road racing sanction yeah. body yeah so their sanctioning body was cma for the longest time uh, now it's a little bit different, but that's who. Wait, is true. the second gear club the club that runs the ISDE thing? No. Oh. No. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Wrong number. <laughs> but they did, they did, <laughs> they did a bunch of different races. Everything from like, like at one point in time, they're doing like 20 events a year where it was like trials, hair scrambles, cross countries, ice racing. Whoa. There was flat track at one point in time. You name it, they probably did it. Which I'm actually, like, super grateful for now, like, looking back because they put on all those events, which was probably so much work back then. I, I had the opportunity just, like, going along with my parents to try so many different things. And, like, yeah. I wasn't good at all of them by any means, but at least I got to try. Mm -hmm. And I think that that part is pretty rad to kind of look back on. Yeah. Yeah, to try all those disciplines. Like, that's pretty sweet to have that in your back pocket just to, like, know what it's like or, like, speak to it or if somebody's interested in it. Yeah. Yeah, that explains cool. like your riding style a little bit too like you definitely are better at things that most girls don't have in their pocket like you can adapt to like any track at any time like ruts and stuff like don't even bug you and that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> but it's just from like riding i think just so many different things all the time and it was like i think that's what i love so much about this sport is that you there's like you can be riding for forever and still be learning new things every day or still getting sure. better or trying something new like we would my dad was always just like so excited to go try different things like i remember um he never like my parents never really wanted me to race moto because they always had this idea of it like if you race moto like you're gonna get hurt and blah 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 <laughs> now i know like yes it can be dangerous but there's ways to like that's why you invest in some training and learning how to do things properly and then you won't get hurt so mm -hmm. i mean i i love racing moto now um but they never like really brought me to the track to go ride at all back in the day they had like a flat track at the track and then a little bit later on from then shane cutherson started the enduro cross track so once that was built we were spending a lot more time at yeah. the track then and that would have been like the first year of rocks and logs that that showed up or was that yeah. even before that like what year would that have been 2012 2011 oh, i could be wrong on that that f feels like yeah a completely different lifetime from now but i think like around that time 
probably around like in that 2013 14 area probably yeah i think so because yeah because you've you've ridden rode raced every single rocks and logs i came to calgary didn't you like yeah. this first one yeah yeah so i was yeah. at the first one all the way to like now yeah. what's red bull outliers um was was formerly uh red bull rocks and logs and and that was so cool like i i definitely have to thank my parents for that where anytime there was something new we could go try my dad was all in he's like let's go figure it out like you need a new challenge you need to learn a new skill you'll never know until you try um so shane built that enduro cross track and i think we spent every day after school there smashing pipes falling over (laughs) destroying my body so (laughs) then so then okay i guess we got to back up because there's like some super rad stories that come in between all that but like okay so we started on the p-dub and then like what what's the what's the bike progression until you're like really kind of like racing the off-road series and like yeah, kind of like following that. So like PW50, CRF50, CRF70, CRF110, oh Suzuki DRZ125, learned how to use the clutch, uh, CRF150, <laughs> and then this KTM250. like the complete opposite of like Moto World. It's like these are the bikes that you like see in the bike shop and you're like, mm, nope. <laughs> Race bikes only. It's you know <laughs> so different. Like- I think that is the best way to do it, especially when you're learning, because I never got scared. I never mm-hmm. got hurt. I was never like, this bike is too loud. Like, I, like everyone's personalities are different. Everyone's different when they are going through that, like, learning progression. But for what we were doing, it was perfect, and I just always had a good time on the bike. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're never like, uh, yeah, like, like you this said, is like, too much you're riding this, the bike. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I think, like, that is part of, like, what kept me riding was that I was never scared. I mean, half the time I couldn't even touch the ground, but I was never scared to go Yeah. try. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So, yeah, that, that progression happened. And then I, when I was 13, I went from CRF 150, like, the race bike, to KTM 250 XC. Okay, yeah. And then from that point on, I was on full-size. Full-size bike. Full-size bikes the whole day. Yeah. Jess is doing the math between what an XC is. Yes, she is. Yeah, I have no idea. That's, That's a two-stroke, four-stroke, what is two that? Two-stroke <laughs> cross-country bike. So you went from CR... Whoa, 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 wait a minute. You went from a CRF 150 to a 250 two-stroke. Like, you didn't go 125. No. Oh, <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> That's yeah. so sick. That's wild. But it was also just different, like, and this is what I always tell people, like, like selling motorcycles all the time is like you have to be realistic with who the rider is, what their experience is. Like, I probably wouldn't recommend that for half the people that come into my store. But if you're racing and you're racing, and you have the skill set to move up like that, then you totally can. Yeah. And, and it's not like I was getting on a on a moto 250 mm-hmm. oh so it's like a little bit it's a little bit different no so it's not like i'm getting on the throttle and it's gonna rip my arms off yeah. definitely a little bit of a different yeah like, I, when i picture 250 i'm like whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you're like 96 cr250 like i lexi's racing over. exactly <laughs> like i've never raced a 250 like too strong like i've ridden a couple and i'm like whoa it's a little bit too That's much so bike sick. for me so oh, yeah. when you moved to this KTM, what is your racing looking like? Like you're mostly doing the off-road series right now? Yeah. At this point, it was like um, 
all hair scrambles, cross countries, all provincially. We were doing a bit of stuff like going into BC. Um, the they had it was called the WEX series, um, which they did like a Canadian championship. So it was a few rounds out here on like the ski hills, and then there was I think I want to say three or four rounds out on the east coast. Cool. So one year, my parents let me do the whole thing. Ooh. Um. So that was really cool. How did we do? Oh God, I don't even know. Huh. Can't even remember. That was a long time ago. Probably did really well. Yeah, it's probably won. There's I'll a just like put this on the record. Like, like she's not gonna say how good she is. Nope, never. How fast she rides. Never. How many first places she won. Like, never she, happened. Like, she's crushing it as, like, through her youth. Like, that's what I love. Yeah. It's like, like she shows up to like a berms night. Yeah. And just is just like regular Lexi, and it's yeah. like, dude, if she like had like her like list of everything that she's won and done like yeah. x games alert, like whoa. insane the resume over here yeah. is just that's what we like, really dig into like we, yeah. want, we, want we these, need to suck it out of her for her to just like usually like, like, really good bed. riders never say how fast they are you know yeah They're and like, you can tell from how she talks yeah. that she's super fast her, like working at the shop <laughs> yeah some guy like shows up like, oh. oh yeah i'm a i'm a whatever she's like oh, oh. We just need to make her a shirt that she has to wear. A shirt. Trust me, bro. I'm faster than you. <laughs> She's saying it. I don't know. Shut up. Yeah. I'm sweating. So I exactly. We'll just put that on the record. So yeah. So you're racing. There you go. Kind of weird description. Yeah. This it would make me feel so awkward. Like yeah. if this is up with, to me. It would be like I ride bikes. I ride bikes. I like. I like two wheels. This is what we're trying to get into is like all these like super rad things. But it's, okay, so you're racing off road. You're traveling Canada right now. Yeah. You're how old? This would have been like thirteen to fifteen. Sick. So just roughly like from a non off roader over here, how does like amateur off road classes look? Like does it go by age? Does it go by skill? Are you riding with guys that are forty? Are you in your age category? Is there a lot of other girls? Is there a lot of other kids? Yeah. How does that work? Yeah. So like growing up, there was like a handful of women, um, but there wasn't like a women's class. So mm. In the younger days, I was racing in the youth classes, so they are more by, like, ability level than they are by, like, age or anything. So it would be, like, youth novice, youth intermediate, cool. youth expert. Uh, so I, like, went through all of those. Once you get out of the youth classes, um, I actually, like, had to write a letter to the CMA to let me advance sooner into the adult classes, which race on the Sunday, um, so that I could go do the bigger loops. But because I was so young, you had to be, like, 14 or something. So, did that, started racing, <laughs> it was, like, the, and then when you get into, like, the bigger classes, again, viability level, not so much age, so it'd be, like, junior, beginner, novice, intermediate expert, now there's so many classes. That's there's cool, like, though, like, obviously there is more riders and racers and a bunch of stuff right now, but, like, back, back when you were going through the ranks, like, that's pretty cool that it's not by age, bike size. Like, it was just, like, this is your skill level. You need to get out of this skill level to get to the next one. Yeah, That's and there, was, there were some, like, there were some regulations. Like, you couldn't be, like, riding a 250F in, in some of the, like, youth classes, for example. Cool. But but it was pretty, like, loose program, and it was really just welcoming, especially at that time. Like, then there wasn't 250 people showing up to an event. Um, when my parents were running it, it was very much about, like, making people feel like they could come and race and be safe than, like, winning championships and staying in the same class for multiple years until you won a championship before you would move up. Yeah. There was a lot of times throughout my youth where 
my dad was always like, if you want to get better, you have to ride with faster people. So I would get like top three, say, and he would move me up to the next class. Yeah. And you would get faster and you would ride harder things. Just like pushing you. Yeah. It's not like you're waiting or like sandbagging in a class as like they would say, right? Like it's like, okay, we're going to move you up. Yeah. And at that point in my life, like championships, I mean, even still now, like winning is great and there's there really is nothing like that feeling. But my dad was always more about like pushing myself and and becoming better. I mean, my mom too. um, Then just being like, it's just a trophy. Yeah. You know what I mean? But and I think that changed like... a lot of, like, my outlook even, like, now. Um, but, yeah, so at, at that point, went through all of that, ended up racing, like, I think one year, maybe two years in, like, the pro class. And then life kind of, like, changed a little bit and I started doing other things. Um, and, again, like, don't really have, like, an expert championship or a pro championship in the off-road world. But I did race at in some of the higher classes yeah, at that point in time. Yeah, that's yeah. sweet. And now it's, like, really cool. The clubs have advanced so much and, and growing. There's, like, four women's classes now and so many more women getting involved. Um, So there is a place, like, there's a women's pro class now that if I wanted to go race in that, I could. Yeah, that's super cool. Wow. So then, so you did the off-road style. And then when did that switch to enduro cross? Yeah, so there's kind of, like, a little bit of a overlap. So 2013, I was 16. And we went to six days. So uh-huh. for people that don't know, six days is like uh, six days of racing. It's kind of like the Olympics of off-road riding, I guess you could say. Never. Six days of riding? That just seems to me like an like eight minutes plus a lap. I'm like, we can cut that down to four. <laughs> and yes, not even six days. <laughs> you are working on your bike. Yeah, that's wild too. I saw like Tyler this year yeah. working on his own bike. I was like... And you have to do like you have to do a tire change, don't you? Isn't that like you don't have to, but you're dumb if you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Why? But because you're doing like you're doing like 250 kilometers a day, so if you don't change your tire, you're riding on public roads, you're riding on concrete. Depending what country you're in, like like you've tested a tire, you they're done by the end of the day. So you each day you got to change a tire for six days, six times. I don't think so. Anyway. So you were 16 at this time? Yeah. So up until this point, you were working on your own bikes. Like, you knew how to change a tire. You knew how to, like, fix whatever, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For the most part. Like, anytime the bike was in the garage, I was out there with my dad. And I might not have been able to do the whole thing, but I was being supervised while figuring it out. Hmm. My dad was like, you want your tires changed? Figure it out. (laughs) He taught me how to do it. But once I learned, I mean... You have to, if you're going to ride at that level, you have to be able to problem solve and, and get yourself out. And that's a big thing about, like, the off-road world is if you're doing a cross-country, you could be, like, four hours from the truck. Yeah. Something breaks, you either have to problem solve or know how to, like, jimmy rig it to get yourself home. Yeah, I would have to hire a helicopter to come get me. <laughs> <laughs> I would have a helicopter on spot by doing speed dial it's like a whole other world it's so different you can't just so like different. push your bike back to the truck no, no, no. it's so cool like listening to this because yeah like that's one of the reasons why sometimes people go to the track because it's like oh if something does go wrong you can push your bike to your truck totally. yeah like this is such a cool experience that you know all this stuff and you learned it this way yeah and there was definitely like i've learned so much where like there's been times where you're in the middle of a race, something happens, you're sitting on the side of the trail, and you're like, I have no idea what to do. But, again, like you guys know, off-road community is so cool. People stop, check on you, make sure you're fine, yeah. figure it out. 
continue mm-hmm. on. That's definitely something I noticed, like at Huckabuck and stuff, when we were riding the trails. Like those girls' bikes broke, and both of you, like, kind of could troubleshoot it enough to be like, "Okay, we need to do this, this, and this." And I was like, "We need to call a helicopter." <laughs> like, <laughs> my first reaction when somebody's bike breaks is like dad <laughs> where are you at let's start troubleshooting as much as we can yeah i was like you guys were like bump starting and stuff and i was like oh my i was God. like laying this in the is... grass and i was like helicopter <laughs> this is the greatest thing ever this is like total side story but with lexi and i teaching lessons this year yeah it's like our coolest party trick right now is like a bike doesn't start and it's like we just like stare at each other like we're pushing we're pushing <laughs> And it's like Lexi's pushing. I'm like on the bike. We're like bump starting these bikes, and these girls are like blown away. Oh yeah, like, dude. Like you, it, it looks badass, you know, but it, I just want to make it clear it didn't work. Yeah, again, <laughs> again, great skill to know. But okay, so let's jump into this. Where was that six days? So I went to Italy. Ooh. Uh, we had a super cool team that year. Um, me, Shelby Turner, Felice. She just actually she was at the last one here um, when they went to Argentina. Oh, cool. Um, so yeah, it was super cool. I had a great experience. Like anyone that can go to a six days, I mean, it's just something that you need to experience whether you're there support or riding. Um, and there's a women's class at six days. Like you're racing against other yeah. women yeah. from all over the world. Totally. Cool. Um, so yeah, we did that. Came home with silver medal. Um, I wish I could like one day I'll go back and do it a little differently than we did the first time. But it was it was unbelievable and I still think about all those memories. And is that it was huge though. That's like a that's a massive like you just grazed over that like oh kind of pissed about the silver. But like dude, second in the world? That's sick. So they do it like it's the technically it's not like second place, but it's kinda like on a percentage how it works. It's a little confusing. But anyways, um yeah, silver medal. Wow, that's sick. Where do you have that hanging? If you say it's in a box, I just don't know where My parents for Christmas one year made me a. They don't even put your name on it. It's such. It's like. That's the worst. That's how I feel about my California 110 championship. It says 65 to 85, and I'm pretty bitter about it. (laughs) But in my in my gym, my parents for Christmas one year made me a. It just got like a photo of my enduro cross championship and some photos from six days, and then the six days medals like hanging on like this big wood. that's cool in your gym yeah so that was six days and this is before you went to race enduro cross then yeah so 20 so it's kind of like a little bit of overlap so six days was kind of the big one that kind of was like hey we're gonna start doing some international races we're taking things more seriously um Mm -hmm. not just this like loose program of hey it's tuesday i think i'm gonna go ride kind of thing um and you were like 15 16 at this point i was 16 yeah and at this point the enduro cross track had been like there was an enduro cross track at wild rose and we were spending a lot of time there like my dad and i every single day after school figuring it out doing like everything from figure eights and drills and just doing laps and laps and laps until you could figure it out i mean a lot of it a lot of it when you're when you're learning is like repetition and repetition mm-hmm. until it becomes second nature and then you don't think about it huh. and i feel like people now just overlook that so much like you can go to the track and just do a thousand laps but if you're not working on a specific skill you're never really going to advance you're just going to kind of stay the same so wait so you were riding every day after school at wild rose mm-hmm. and then you were kind of riding at wild rose like quite often around that time too yeah probably but because too. like off-road and like moto are like like 
different 10 areas. feet apart. You guys literally just never connected? No. no. That is crazy. I know. It's wild, right? <laughs> that is super wild. Huh. And um, yeah, so at this point, there was a group of people that were like, let's go to Enduro Cross down in the U.S. and just like give it a go. So I think the first time we went down, I think the first one we did was either Everett, Washington or Vegas. I can't remember. We loaded up a trailer with like 15 Canadians, just went down to like figure it out. Absolutely fell in love with it. Um, And then 2012, they did, I think it was 2012, you could, if you placed well enough, you could qualify to go to X Games. So my parents were like, if you want to do this, we can do this and give it a go qualified for x games oh, that e- that year so so sick i think it was 2012 maybe it was the year after and like Anyways, what class is this this would be like women's women's pro, pro class yeah, yeah. like this is women's pro at a neural cross hey let's just show up and race yeah i think my timeline's wrong i think it was 2014 was the first one so it would have been the year after six days sick. we started but but before then we were spending a lot of time in the track figuring out enduro cross went for a couple rounds and then the following couple years we did like the full series and did you do the full series with like the 15 people or just you and your family just me and my just me and my family and did you guys like drive did you stay in the states for like the how many rounds was it like six seven rounds oh hell no so you drove back and forth yeah dude i don't know how my parents did it like we would i mean they're still working full-time jobs completely paying for everything like i have sponsor support as far as like gear and parts a little bit at this point in time I was getting a bike through a dealer, but my parents, like, I'm not getting paid. I'm not making money. Oh. My parents are completely supporting this whole journey. That Whoa. We're and so we're, like, leaving. We'd leave, like, a Thursday, drive through the night, get there, race, leave Sunday. And was it double through- hitters like it was this year? Or no, just it one? it would just be, like, one, one round, race. typically. Yeah, okay. uh, and then drive all the way home so my parents could, like work and then they would like trade who got to go to which rounds oh, but it was like literally the best time ever like thinking about like if i asked my dad tomorrow if he wanted to go like to an enduro cross he'd be like take my credit card like let's let's go on a road trip oh see you should have came this year i fucking told you <laughs> um, next year next year we got plans but it was like some of the like most fun memories that i have just like road tripping across the country because at that time it was like there'd be around in everett washington and then Vegas, and then one year it went all the way to Daytona. Like we drove from Calgary <gasps> to Florida, which is like forty something ridiculous for hours. a one day race. Yeah, man. Oh, logs in an arena. We're gonna go to Florida and ride logs in <laughs> yeah. an arena. And it wasn't like you know, like it's gonna be so hot outside. Oh my god, that's wild. And then that year we we also like did Daytona and drove across, and then the next day we went to GNCC. Whoa! It Gator Gatorback or whatever it is. Dude, that's what like shows are. That I'll never forget. That's where Minios are, Gatorback. Maybe it wasn't Gatorback. I don't know. There's something just gators, gators everywhere. <laughs> it's, it's Florida. That happens. <laughs> Gator. I don't think it was Gatorback. Dude, Maybe this is so sick. So the first year that you did the full series, is this like the one that you could qualify for X Games? I think so. Cool. Yeah. So then I so I went to four X Games. Um and then after that we just started doing like more Oh, hold events. on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You went to four X Games. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, let's just rush over that. This is what I wanted to get out of this. I'm like, we got like a X Games medalist here. No, no, no. I never no? got a medal. My best. Oh X-Games my god! Were... When you said medal, I was like, no, is that a medal? We got an X Games. I've never seen a medal. That's like a freaking. 
that is super huge in itself that's crazy what was what was that like like what was it okay what was like the first one like you got i i don't i assume it's a letter or something yeah like a letter that's what i'm saying how did you find out like you're going to x games what was the moment like you're going to x games kid i got an email (gasps) oh an email and i was running around like a lunatic oh my god i would be running Oh, sorry, don't yell into the mic. Sorry. <laughs> that's exciting. That's very exciting. That that was worth the clip. Just that was worth the clip. <laughs> so the first year it was in LA. Um, and then oh, from there it moved on to Austin, Texas. Um, so it was really cool. I mean, you I never like and I mean still to this day, like I'm just like I'm just another person that rides a motorcycle. Like I don't think that I'm any thing like, such special. Another person that rode a motorcycle at x games (laughs) exactly so we you like go to this event it's like next level you go to like the registration and they literally give you a backpack like full of everything you could ever imagine there was like gopro charger there was like 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 every vendor that was at x games basically like donated something and yeah got it swag bag giant backpack and i still have the backpack so it says like x games stuff so it's pretty cool um but you you get your photos taken and it, now you're like going to be on tv like the whole experience of it is just like you feel kind of like a little rock star for and it. it's probably like surreal looking back on it now. so surreal because you're young and you're yeah just you like, probably didn't understand like the gravity of how sick it was oh, your not parents must have been just shit in their pants and now yeah. so to anyone that's listening that kind of doesn't know and like we we're not we don't really understand this that much for like the enduro cross side but yeah. so you did the enduro cross um series and then it's just one off X Games round. Like the X Games thing isn't like a series right after. No. It's just a one show. You got it. Perfect. Yeah. That yeah. Just like so we're at our first X Games. We got a six swag bag. Yeah. And I mean, like, you, they let you, like, you have full access to like Athlete Lounge and all the events you have like exclusive, like, access to, I guess. So, like, instead of like being up in the nosebleeds and the bleachers, <laughs> you're like, up front seeing you're an athlete athlete. you're an athlete (laughs) and so i remember like i remember in when i went to austin texas that one was pretty cool um it was at circuit circuit of the americas and they had some pretty cool stuff set up as far as like bmx and skateboarding stuff goes so just like seeing all of those events happen and i remember being like in the athlete lounge and like looking over and tony hawk is sitting on the table to the side of me and i like look at my friend tom and i was like can you believe that's tony hawk I'm like, what? I'm like, Tony, Tony. Yeah. And like at this time, like, it's not like social's not a big thing. Yeah. Yeah, not not really. Not really. It's kind of like a different time of what it would be now. So it's really cool to be like face to face connections and totally you're making these connections there. Yeah. So I mean like the whole thing was just like it's kinda hard to even just like put into words what that whole experience was like. I mean, I wish looking back I would have done better, but I also think that at that time I was like a little bit more immature and just like not experienced in being like in a stadium being watched by hundreds of people and there's just so much going on. It was really hard to like stay focused and and like centered on what was happening just because there was just so much chaos going mm. on. So I think like looking back, I wish I could like redo that with what I know now, but I mean how many people also wish that so many things in life but x games now present day does not exist for that right exist no crazy that that sport isn't in x games anymore unfortunately crazy huh yeah that's pretty cool so like out of this is like such a fangirl question but like out of all the people you've seen and like whatever 
was there any like cool connections made there that are um, memorable or cool like moments that like really stuck out that was like that's probably not gonna happen again i think i was just so and like i still am now like i'm such an introvert where i'm like get nervous to talk to people yeah like, same yeah, I'm, yeah like yeah. fangirl from afar but then i'm like I'm not, I'm not going talking. up to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was more of what that experience was like. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just really took it all in with my family, and I had a couple oh, friends that went down with me. I mean, you know, it was really cool. Is Dean and his wife came to X Games, oh, um, wow. when it was in Austin the one year. So like being able to have them there was really cool. Like cool. BFD Dean Thompson. BFD Dean. Thompson. At okay. that point, did he have direct? No, not yet. Right. Yes. Oh. Yeah. So. Oh. Is that where you point, were getting your bikes from? It, yeah, uh, yeah. Gotta dive oh into God, that. I know there's just so many layers of all of these wow, things. Oh, that's cool. So for those of the for those of you who don't know, um, I still work at BFD Moto, but at this time, um, so high school I did all remotely. Mm-hmm. I, I homeschooled for for that. Um, oh, was that mostly because of riding? Yeah, hundred percent. Oh, I didn't. I just thought you were like a like a weirdo homeschool kid. I oh, didn't no, I'm like so put it together. Homeschool <laughs> kid. I put it together that like, oh yeah, that makes sense. You were racing like. Yes, thank God COVID made this normal because there's just freaks like you that are still stating weirdo homeschool kid when like this I, guy's I, the biggest weirdo we know. And you on, there's some weirdo school. homeschool kids, but then there's like the moto homeschool kids, the cool ones. For and extra weird. There's still weirdos. Come on, let's be real. <laughs> okay, so we homeschool. Yeah, so because my school, like you could only be gone so many days basically before they kick you out and it's like impossible to actually learn anything. Um, yeah, like three um, days. Yeah, it's, it's something ridiculous. <laughs> so <laughs> important to learn. Being gone for a month to go to six days and then being gone like pretty much long weekends all the time for Endurocross and all the stuff that was happening. Uh, And it just felt like such a waste of my time. Like I literally crushed out. I remember doing like English 30 and crushing it out in like five weeks where if I was to sit in a classroom, it would be like six months. Like for sure. That just drives me bananas. So I like pitched this to my parents and they were like, if you do it and you can prove to us that you're actually going to do your work because like that's number one priority we'll let you home oh it was your oh, idea that's yeah, my idea that's cool and huh. it was like the best time ever and like looking back now i'm like i wish i was still just living in my parents house <laughs> and like going to the gym and going and riding, riding and like not having to have responsibility oh that's such a cool life that's so funny this whole time like i just missed that part of it like yeah. i was just like oh but right though like any kids listening live it up right yeah, yeah enjoy exactly. like that don't happens. just think school sucks Stay like just have no, no, no. you are living what future you is going to miss yeah, yeah. <laughs> like for and sure. polish off that school like get that done totally let's yeah. go have fun on the side you know have more fun than polishing <laughs> <laughs> so at this at this time i'm doing that uh racing is obviously super expensive i'm not making any money i still don't make any money doing this really i mean <laughs> welcome to women's but... sports <laughs> no, it, it is it is what it is yeah it's we cool. just do it because we love it so yeah anyways um my dad i'll never forget this day and i'm still like it makes me cringe a little bit my freaking dad is a lot of the things in my story <laughs> ziggy so ziggy. so i remember we're at blackfoot motorsports one day and he's like we're gonna go see dean at blackfoot directs and i was like no no no, 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 leave me in the car. And he's like, we're going. So he originally like brought me in there to try and like ask for sponsorship. I was like so embarrassed. I like still get weird about this stuff. And <laughs> and so I remember him like bringing me in there. Somehow we like have this conversation with Dean at the end of the conversation. 
Uh, he agrees to, like, help me out. At this point, I'm riding Shurgos, and Shurgos had just kind of got brought into BFD. Um, hmm. Somehow, in this whole conversation, I get mixed into, like, working there on a parts credit. I was going to say, working <laughs> off the sponsorship. Yeah. And Lexi's exactly. just probably quiet, like, nodding her head, like, oh. Totally. like a great idea. And this is, like, I have no experience. I'm, like, 16 years old, 15 years old. I think I was 15 at this time. <laughs> and I was like, this is wild but anyways so dean hired me on a parts credit i remember the next year going into the fall he was like are you gonna go to school like what's your plan i had just graduated high school and graduated high school at how old oh, no 17 like, oh, did no, you no, no, no. i was still doing it online and then the following year oh sick the following year so i would have been did you graduate early though so or did you graduate at i graduated 18? early yeah. yeah of course yeah um, it out just crush it out and get Beer it done and you can do fun things. Anyways, Dean ended up hiring me and we were basically like, are you going to go to school? What's your plan? Post-secondary? I was like, I don't really know. Can I just stay here? And he's like, okay. And I'm still there. <laughs> do you think Dean had a plan the whole time? He's like, I can keep her forever. <laughs> no, I don't think. <laughs> One of my favorite things is like motorsport industry is Lexi probably did not have a job resume walking in there. Sure didn't. You've you, never had a job resume. You like, probably didn't have like a legit job interview. No, it's my dad. Yeah, exactly. You've <laughs> never. Like, oh my god! I think we need to have a podcast of like a mock interview just to put her through that pain. But like, I can feel that pain. Like, I just showed up to Psychoworks with JC. Have like, you never had a job interview either? I've had job interviews and stuff, but like after my Psychoworks like stint. I'm like in my 20s and do not have like a legit job resume. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, what do I do mm. in an interview situation? Like, this just is so good. Yeah. That's funny. So, yeah, I'm just like super grateful. And Dean kind of just like brought me through. Like, when I first started working there, I was like filing papers and sweeping the floor and putting parts mm. on the shelves. And that's like a similar story. Like, you guys both like, sort of it's started really cool at the bottom. We have very similar oh, stories. And like separate. But completely separate. So, like, in the same freaking town. How do you guys not like I know that, grow right? up together? Like, this rivalry. Is COVID. Yeah. But I do love COVID. <laughs> Stop saying that. <laughs> so, 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 Lexi's riding Shurko's at BFD Moto when BFD, like, is just kind of like small shop vibe across the street from Blackfoot Motorsports. Like, yeah. B BFD at this point was called Blackfoot Direct because okay. it started as their online shop, right? Yeah. So like Dean was one of, like one of the team managers for the Blackfoot race team. Blackfoot race team ended. Dean opened up Blackfoot Direct as the online division of Blackfoot Motorsports. Had this little shop that was like, oh, I don't even know what it was. Maybe 4,000 square feet across the street from Blackfoot Motorsports selling parts and accessories and like discount gear. The and funny thing about that is I was on the other side of the country and I remember when that opened and being like, I'm ordering everything from Blackfoot Direct. I remember you like fangirling so hard on Dean this year. I did. I still you do. Dean Thompson? Dude, you he's a legend in my books. He's a legend in my books. Like I, I work for Dean Thompson. <laughs> I'll do anything for Dean. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna die if he listens to He's like he's like a legend in like Honda Moto, like Blackfoot Honda, like Dean Thompson, like I remember him like rolling into Riverglade and me being like, maybe one day I can ride for. Yeah, like guy. so. And Dean was the team manager. For, yeah, he was one of the team. Managers, yeah, so. and like big numbers guy, like because that's yeah. where it's like kind of cool because Dean's background and your background now. Yeah, so Dean's a CMA, like full accountant, was mm -hmm. working like a full corporate job downtown. Decided mm -hmm. that he wanted a change. Loves motorcycles. 
Blackfoot hires him on this team. But and like loves motorcycles. Like, does Dean ride? I guess I never really thought that. Dean rides. I mean, he rides. But like, did he grow up riding? Like, is he like a pro? Like, deep You're, down. Sometimes get Dean on the pod and he can yeah, tell us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to hear yeah. Dean's story. Yeah. I think I'd sweat. It's a pretty cool it. story, and I <laughs> and I think it really is like the heart of like what this industry is. Where, I mean, like just full passionate guy. Passionate. I mean, I think anyone in this sport really is. I mean, that's what's kept me here for a really long time. I, after after being in high school and taking a couple years away and just working. I went to post-secondary school for business and accounting as well and then realized while I was there like because I was still working through the whole time and I was like you know what after graduation I don't want to hang out with these people like I don't want to be with like Denise and accounting filing invoices like (laughs) (laughs) that doesn't sound like a good time and and being at the shop and hanging out with people that I love and being around motorcycles all the time like yeah what's better well, mm-hmm. and that like now, so you you guys both kind of have that accounting background, so it's kind of cool working in the shop, being able to feed off each other, and kind of like see what his background was. So you're still at that shop, but now you've kind of got like you've worked through your the ranks at that shop. Mm-hmm. That shop yeah. is basically it's- yours at this point, Sardine. I wish no, <laughs> no, it isn't. Not you at worked, all. You worked your way up to like a pretty good spot where it's like you're crushing it so now so now i'm assistant manager and uh i spend a lot of time there <laughs> and and um uh, and i love it and we have just got a great team and it keeps changing and new people are getting in there and new brands and and it's, it's a heavy hitter shop for its size like you know what i mean oh, like yeah. especially coming from the dealer side that was like for the community vibe like that was like the other shop that we would always like look up to and see right like it's kind of cool coming from like the competitor side but it's like you need competitors in the industry in order for it to thrive and just like more specialized too right like bf bfd has always been off-road like more off-road specific and now we have a couple street street models but for the most part we're bringing stuff in that other dealers won't because it's either really hard to get or more expensive and we just really believe in the products that we sell Mm -hmm. and want to get the best because like everyone else out there, we're enthusiasts. We're racers. We want to make sure we have parts on Monday that we broke on Sunday from the racing. amount of parts that place has. Like, I don't want to make an ad for Dean here, but holy guacamole! You open those doors and it's like parts on parts on parts. Like that, parts. it's like a manufacturer in there. Like you yeah, can just like the, we try. They got the stuff that if you break something, you're like, oh yeah, you sure go there. Yeah. But now, okay, so moving back, so we're on Sherco. Yeah. At what point does that turn to Husqvarna? Twenty sixteen. And is that because BFD just started getting Husky or is this like a... So BFD got Husky 2014. Um, and the Shergo thing kind of like changed as well, like distributors and kind of, I mean, different brands changed and there was an opportunity for me to try riding a Husky um, and just being right close to the track all the time, being riding Endurocross. At this point, I had stopped racing Endurocross. So I won the championship in 2014. 2015, I did like a couple rounds. And then I was kind of like in a weird position, like just with life overall and was kind of ready to kind of try something different. Um, so we stopped doing the Endurocross series that year. Um, there was this opportunity to go ride a Husqvarna. Started doing that, being at the track all the time, met Dave McGregor. And he was, like, a huge part of me going to go race moto. So I knew absolutely nothing about moto. I remember asking him, 
like I didn't even know how many motos there were. I thought there was three. <laughs> and uh, so he laughs at me to this day. I remember him being like, you need to buy tear offs. I'm like, what the hell is a tear off? Like, I still like pull all of them off every single time I put laminates on. Oh no. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. We figure it out. So it was 2016, the first year that you raced moto? Uh, I think it was 17. 17, Nanaimo. 17, yeah. 17 yeah. was the first year. I figured out how to, we like figured out the moto thing a little bit. Dave agreed to drive across this country with me to go do the West Coast rounds. The women's nationals. Women's nationals. Yes. Yeah. That's so you, how that came up. So like Lexi shows up, zero moto experience. Creams everyone. No. I don't oh, think. you know what happened before this? This was a pivotal point, actually. We are Calgary, Calgary Moto. This is actually really funny to look back on. I can't believe I forgot about this. Calgary National comes to yep. Calgary. I'm still riding a Sherco with a headlight with wraparound handguards. Dude, yeah, isn't, this, isn't this 2016? This yeah. is before you raced the full national series. It couldn't have been 20. It must have been 2015. Yeah. Must have been 2015. I remember this day, though. I the, feel like the guys, at the, oh. the guys at the shop are like, I was at that national. Oh, really? The guys at the shop were like, you should go race. I'm like, I can't go race moto. Dude, they convinced me. I raced it. I think I got third. Yeah. I didn't yeah. jump a single jump. Nope. And with the headlight. Did you turn the headlight on during the race? I was probably on. Was there a horn? No, this one didn't have a horn. This is probably when Lexi that. thought there was three motos too. Like so one was just like just waiting for second the second moto. Back like... to the gate after yeah. the second. Like, here we yeah. go for the third. <laughs> and do you want to know what's the most funny about this? Looking mm -hmm. back. This is where I met Kale. Oh, <gasps> because Kale was like, "Who the hell is this chick riding off road bike on the track?" Kale would have a heart attack, and yeah. then he'd be like, "Oh my god, she's riding really good!" Like the 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 physics behind the suspension setup and bike. And How did like? Can you imagine? He was like, "This is like opposite the track." He's like, "I hate this lady, but I love her." Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So Kale, like to this day, like remembers wow. watching me race that race, awesome. which is hilarious because Fantastic. now. However many years later. Okay, so then yeah. after this, we show up, Shurko crushes it, doesn't jump anything. And this is like my big pitch to off-road people to come race like women's nationals. Because I'm like, tracks destroyed. The hardest track ever. Every time I'm on like one of these rough tracks, I'm like, oh my god, Lexi's going to love this. Like, I'm like, this is so <laughs> off-road. Off <laughs> like, right? Like, and like, it gets so rough because usually we're on pro day that like the jump faces are destroyed. Like, yep. like. I love when everyone's stressed the week before nationals, like, I gotta hit every single jump, and it's like, dude, these things are gonna be bombed by Moto2. But, like, so you crush it, off-road background, show up, yeah. and then that's when you're like, hey, let's just try and do let's, the Western Strength totally. next year. Let's, like, try something new. Again, like, coming back to that, always, like, getting out of my comfort zone, trying something new. I mean, this was another discipline I never really knew anything about, and yeah. pretty much one of the only ones left that I had never really like, took a crack at. Yeah. And Dave McGregor was like, sure, let's do it. So I spent a boat ton of time at the track trying to figure that out. We did this series for a couple years, took a couple years off, and then now we're back racing moto. Yeah. I mean, and again, like, that's a big thanks to Kale. Looking back now is he was the one this year and last year that really, like, pushed me and encouraged me to go do it. Because I was like, ah, like, I'm working full time. Like, I don't have time to train for this. Like. I'm never going to be up at the top. And if I'm not really at the top and I can't really put everything into it, I don't really want anything to do with it kind of thing. Yeah. Just kind of like dumb to think about that way. But that was just my mentality around it. And he's like saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. 
and push me to go do it again and so we had like the best time ever the last two years just going and him and i loading up the van but that's thick because it's kind of like full circle because it's showing up doing it as like like you guys are like it's you too but like that's you call that a family still like you're doing family stuff on the weekends and riding bikes yeah but okay i'm just i I love this i'm i'm bringing it (laughs) i'm bringing it back first national year lexi's racing at huskavarna yeah that's when it goes like nanaimo kamloops calgary regina regina yes (laughs) so we're racing nationals lexi's crushing it because epic epic ground speed like lexi doesn't have to jump jumps that's like my favorite thing when like all these people are stressed out to go like jump a jump i'm like junior class in calgary's stacked super fast and i'm like (laughs) and i'm like lexi's won the provincial junior class by not doing <laughs> literally one jump on the track like these guys are just like Wah! like full yarding themselves behind lexi and she's just like trying not to die and get in their way you're but your your corner speed and that's like the classic like siggy being like oh you should see how many corners we have done with yeah. this lexi right so i think it's so sick but lexi shows up crushes the first national series i think first race on that you got Oh, Nanaimo was a rough one because it was like, it was a gnarly wild jump. So yeah, dude, you were like the Terminator. You crashed like Almost in died. front of me and like you just like, like just like got right up and then like passed me like 10 seconds later. I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. <laughs> so it's funny that we have these experiences and didn't know. But I remember, I think it would have been like two rounds, three rounds in the announcer on the podium. I think we've talked about this before, like further down the line. But they're like, what's the pressure like back in the pits for you not doing jumps? And Lexi just like two seconds later, like doesn't even have to think about it. Pressures for tires. There's no pressures when when we come to the track. And I'm like, oh, I'm like in the crowd, that. like ah! like my drop. Like I'm thinking that's so sick because like she's not forcing herself to do anything, but is crushing it. And still, like you said, like you keep getting better each time. Like anytime you ride a bike, you're gonna get better at something. And I think that's what uh, I really have to thank my parents for a lot. Is it was never like. It was never a screaming match going on the track. It was never a negative energy. It was always like, do the best you can do. And it's funny to this day, my dad will tell you, he can watch on a start the way my head is, if I'm going to do well or not. And it was always just like, have fun was yeah. always what the motto was. And it was like, if it wasn't having fun, I never did well. And to this day, I mean, if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong to begin with, but if you have fun while you're doing it, you're going to enjoy the race. You're going to be looser. You're going to place better. And I mean, every time I think back to that, it's right every single time. Every time I like, yeah. put more pressure on me than I need to, or I'm stressed out about something, or whatever bullshit has got into my head, <laughs> and I'm not having fun, I never do well. For sure. That gives me goosebumps, because it, it it relates so much. And I feel like if like telling like a kid that or somebody new to riding or, and like they put all that pressure on themselves like it's so cool to hear from you like and looking back on it like your parents telling you to have fun with it and you did have fun with it and you could tell you had fun with it and now we're just going into races nowadays how you said yeah you might not have the prep for it but if you're having fun that just it just comes back right totally does yeah yeah so now here we are riding riding and Still on, things. still on Husqvarna. And you were with Fox for, like, quite a few years there, too. Like, Yeah, so the first year I started with – so 2015, I – so the fall of 2014, I won the Endurocross Championship. Then January 1st, we flew out to – of 2015, we flew out to Germany 
do the super enduros, which was like basically enduro cross in Europe. Yeah. Um, Fox sponsored me. I remember getting. I still have a kit. It was their like A one kit. I got it before it was released. Oh, and I was, cool! Like, flying in the air with it, and I was like, "Dude, this is the coolest thing ever." Yeah, right. Which is like probably such a normal thing now being at a dealer seeing all this stuff beforehand but that's a huge deal especially where you were at at that point of your riding yeah and and from that point on like i've still been with fox i've still been with husky and i am still with bfd and i don't have like a million sponsors like some of these kids do and you know what i think it's it's almost like less is more and mm -hmm. and uh those sponsors that have been supporting me this through this whole journey have been epic and i'm so thankful for all the people that like are behind those companies <laughs> that continue to support me and how much that journey has changed i mean i haven't won a championship in a, in a very long time and we've changed the course of the direction on where i'm going and and every year um they still continue to to support me oh for sure yeah but that's like a no-brainer like i i you're selling yourself short on that because it's like no championships like still hauls does a billion things works in the industry like it's it's a no-brainer but so then <laughs> on my end it's kind of cool like seeing it because i, I want to say you were the first like fully fox women supported athlete in canada like on my side from the dealer i want to like you were getting direct support where somebody listening to this you got to go to your dealer for sponsorship you know what i mean like when you become that elite ambassador level and you you get gear straight from like, you're top-notch. And then not only that, is I think you're the first Fox female in Canada to get uh, the crossbone the crossbone win. Oh, no that way. Sick. Yeah. That's sick. Do you still have that jersey? Of course I still have that jersey. And I think it was, like, the greatest crossbone press ever pressed ever. <laughs> Did you get to press it? <laughs> did get some presents that's why it's like such a weird like connection but we knew each other then i was like so hyped with that i was like that that felt like a race win for me when i got to press that jersey like, I, I didn't know it was coming either so it was like also a big surprise so that was like super so when you win a national like race win you get the crossbone so that's what we got to press onto lexi's jersey being like a fox athlete level which is, like, a huge deal. Like, you look at the back of, like, Ken Roxon's jersey and stuff. Like, during Supercross, he gets them. Like, there's only, like, the elite of the elite. 100%. Get these, and that's very cool. For sure. No. So, I think that's so rad. And then the other side of it, I was just getting to something that I was like, oh, this is so cool. But I totally blanked on that. But, yeah, like, that that's top notch. Like, I think as, like, a female in Canada as an ambassadorship, that shows just, like, how, how rad that is. And that was just in the last... That's your saying, hey, I don't have enough training to show up and kill, being like, let's go do this, right? Yeah, exactly. And can you speak to, because I know we've talked about it, being in the dealer side, and then you say, like, these kids have a billion sponsors. I know, like, sometimes people think they have a billion sponsors, but how how can you speak to, you come from the dealer side, you see it, the dealer side in the motorsport industry is the number one heart of the industry like i cannot express how much that brand should support the dealer riders should support the dealer traction like everything buddy needs to support the dealer because that's what's keeping this industry alive at the end of the day like thank god they don't sell dirt bikes online you know like you have to go to a dealer to buy this 
can you speak to like that big role that a dealership does have and like i guess like you can go whatever way you want on it but maybe how loyalty to like a brand or a company like goes in this industry absolutely and i think a lot of that is just being like I mean, you can look at it a few different ways, and I think being a racer, asking for sponsorship, as well as, like, sitting on the other side of the table where we get asked for sponsorship all the time, is, is it's, like, kind of hard to explain in a couple different ways, but I think, like, transparency and, and being consistent and, and just talking to your dealer or whoever is supporting you to let them know what you have going on and what's happening and hey, I want to make a change and this is why and this is what we plan on going instead of just like, like I've seen it a few times where next thing you know, there's just like riding a different bike or a different logo and you're like, I was supporting that guy like two months ago. Like, like I just had parts show up for him with their name. Yeah. And, and yeah, like you say, it's a small industry. Totally is. And we always want to support the people. And I mean, now it's so easy to just go buy stuff online or buy stuff from the U.S. Um, but if people don't support their local dealers and start buying things from their dealers, I mean, most places, if it is cheaper online, we're happy to price match or or try and help you out as much as we can. But if you don't support your local dealer, one day they're not going to be there. And that means that they're not supporting their local clubs. They're not supporting their local tracks and all of those things, too. For sure. And I guess we might have different outlooks on this, too. But... As a kid that rode bikes, it was just kind of starting that, like, you could be sponsored. So you're, like, sending these resumes online. You're like, I want to be sponsored by so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. And then you get, like, 10% off and you're like, I'm sponsored. But it's really <laughs> – it's it's funny when you look at that because yeah. then working at the dealership, like, the dealer is your hub that mm-hmm. you want to make that great connection with that dealer because they're the ones that can pull stuff for you totally. and help yeah. you and, at the end of the day, get you those parts that you're going to need that gear that you're going to need and like that's where all sponsorship runs through so even like somebody shows up to bfd and they're a top-notch rider like your you as lexi at bfd manager are the one that's like putting the calls in trying to make things happen for for these riders like these riders aren't going to the brands and sending resumes like that's just not how it works like everything is fed through the dealership also like i think it talks it says like like all these riders with all these like ten percent off or all these things calling themselves sponsored and whatever. That's like nice. It's glad these people are helping you out. But it speaks volumes to the fact that you just said your three sponsors have been your three sponsors for this amount of years. It says one, what like a really good relationship could do. And two, like it speaks to your character, how it's like female in the sports you said you haven't won a championship but you've done really good and you've but you've also put their name out there in a super positive way where it's like you go to surfing berms and the two of you are both wearing husky and fox all these young girls are looking like whoa they're super nice they're super cool and they're both sponsored by husky and fox like maybe if i'm super nice and super cool i'll also have that opportunity so it's like i think the brands also see the benefit there of having a super positive influence on the community. That's exactly. And I think, I mean, every dealer is a little bit different. BFD for sure. When when someone comes to us and is asking for sponsorship, it doesn't really matter to us how many championships you've won or how fast you are. We're looking at more about like who you are in the community. Are you a good person? 
are you showing up are you being a good ambassador for the sport as well like just because you're fast if you're not a good person, I want nothing to do with helping you yeah, out. Yeah, that looks honestly. so bad on a yeah. brand. Like, you and look at, like, professional athletes. Like, if as soon as they're, like, like in basketball, if they're, like, flipping people off and stuff, like, you got to be really good for, like, Nike to still sponsor <laughs> you. And like, you yeah. know what else I hate is that I think people, and I, and I think social media is maybe part of this a little bit, but you get people that come in and are like, everyone's getting free stuff and everyone's getting all this stuff for, like, super discount. And it's not like when you see what they're actually getting. And I mean, some people are and that's great. Um, but we get a lot of people that come in right off the bat and they're like, I expect 50% off. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like we actually don't operate on margins that big. We wish we did. But for uh, sure. That's like, not really a thing that exists. Yeah. But being loyal and staying with a brand, like maybe you get 10% off this year. Maybe it's 20% off next year. Yeah. And then maybe it advances and advances. But you can't just like come off the hop and be like. I race junior and I want 50% off and I want a free bike and I want a salary. Totally. <laughs> and it's gnarly. And, and I've and never, and I've two. never been to your store before. And that's why I say like, go, go, go these work. These two are actually nice to say it too. And you're not that good and you don't deserve it. Oh. Like you're, you're not there. You got to earn it. Like the sport, you got to be, inve- there's, there's pro riders right now that are working a full time job that can't afford to race and you're expecting this like easy but reason 101 dress is not behind the parts desk <laughs> yeah. at any shop but also why i'm not husky and fox <laughs> but i think this is so sick and it's and it's cool and you're super approachable and i guess kind of to like wrap up not wrap up your career because it's still happening and it's still like we're 2024 is gonna be so rad but can you speak to the like ambassadorship style events that now maybe after these like super rad racing competition events that you've gone to, like there's a whole nother side of showing up to races, competing, being the competitor. And now that there's the ambassador side of it as well too. Yeah, I think I think with the brands that I've associated myself with and the people that I'm involved around, um, I have had more opportunities being quote unquote ambassador than a athlete or racer or however you want to like put that into words what would you prefer you know what at this point i think i think you can have a balance of both Mm -hmm. and i think you have to have a balance of both to be a good like person for the sport overall like sure yeah you kind of have like some street cred with your ambassadorship and and saying ambassadorship like this isn't saying like an influencer on social Mm -hmm. yeah like my example would be Lexi's been a huge part of Fox and Husqvarna at Babes in the Dirt. Right. Yeah. And I think and I think events like that, I mean, those are so special to me and those almost mean more to going to those events, going to Huckabuck, going to Surf and Berms events. Um, I've done a ton of ladies events through Husqvarna that those almost mean more to me than going to a lot of races. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, it's just like the impact that you have on the people around you. So if I can spend 10 minutes and talk to someone and help them get a little bit better riding or offer a tip or have a conversation that's like spark someone to like go and try and ride something new. Um, that's what stuff gets me more fired up. Um, I mean, there's still a whole other part of me that loves competition and loves racing and mm-hmm. I don't think that will ever go away, but to be able to see the sport grow and develop and I mean, I mean, events like babes in the dirt. I mean, I've been there four or five times now and just seeing how much those women have grown that event since the first time I went there is 
is really amazing. And I think it's important for people to give back to their communities uh, on more of an ambassador side of things, for sure. Yeah, that's so cool. And and those experiences and the people that you've changed and helped ride, I feel you couldn't even, you couldn't write, write it down. There's so many, there's so much reach and just like the smallest things, whether that's at the shop and getting somebody comfortable and, mm-hmm. and getting them on a bike or going to Babes in the Dirt and showing up and yeah it's just good i bet there's a lot of stories out there of like oh lexi told me this or lexi (laughs) helped me get here and same with danica too it's like that that would be cool to hear those stories i don't know how i don't know maybe one day we'll figure it out we'll make a video i feel like i never hear those stories come back and i would just love to because i hope and i like really do oh i think it's a for sure thing like that's definitely a thing like even just at babes like i watched you guys both like talk to people like just when they were in line waiting to line up to get the bikes i think a lot of those girls thought they were getting a bike you guys talked to them explained to them like didn't like mansplain to them or anything stupid like just was like oh this is a great bike and this is why and this is my experience and blah blah blah. like coming from a female i think is a huge huge like benefit to them and i think a lot of just them alone just in the last like six months probably could be like oh yeah she helped me big time i love that bike yeah i hope so i mean i feel like a big part of the sport is like i always feel like the introvert and is like awkward and i think my whole life i never really knew where i fit in and motorcycles i felt like was my place to be and i think a lot of people might also have that same experience and when you're at the track and someone new is there or, or at a race or wherever you are on two wheel and you see someone that's like trying to figure it out and maybe their gear doesn't match and maybe they're on an old ass bike and like who cares like they're just there but like be a good person and make them feel welcome so that they want to come back and i think that that's what makes you a good ambassador and a good person in the community for sure oh yeah and that goes huge for that person that's there right Mm -hmm. yeah okay so i have it seems like we've kind of went through the whole list right but we we've asked this question now i don't know i don't know she pulled out notes all of a sudden i was like oh i didn't know we were bringing notes (laughs) what was your if you had to choose it your top three most memorable bike experiences you can like dive into them you can list them top to bottom whatever what right off the top of the bat it could be this year your whole life we're only going to be making more but what were those top three yeah oh man that one's hard okay so the first one i'll just touch on them really quick so we'll get deeper later on as we go on this is (laughs) this is coming a little bit this this podcast has gone long enough for you guys are sick to hear my voice never but uh Probably my number one right off the bat. Uh, the first, the no, the second time I went to Japan for uh, a race, we I got supported by a local dealer, um, kind of small, just like what we are. And obviously, there's a language barrier, so we go to, we go to the track or go to this dealer, and they're like, we want to take you out for breakfast. We're like, okay, sick. So we roll up, and it's my dad and I, and they go, we'll take bikes, we'll take bikes to breakfast. We're like thought we could just drive a rental car but sick okay <laughs> so they they literally unlock these new at the time the 701 bit pillin had just been released they oh. literally unlock these bikes <laughs> off the floor take them out they're brand new like zero kilometers on these bikes they take us to breakfast so my dad my dad gets a bmw i'm on a husky there's like 15 people that roll up they close the dealership for the entire day all of their staff some of their friends we go for breakfast. I'm like, this is pretty badass for like just taking us to breakfast. But like somewhere in this translation, got lost. We go for breakfast and they're like, oh, we'll take you like around a little bit. A little bit. Dude, we went on a 500 kilometer 
bike street bike ride through the entire island of Hokkaido, um, which is the northern island in Japan. We stopped at like all the cool places that the only the locals know. Um, cool. and that whole day, like, I just remember, like, the, the street riding was really cool there because you're on these tiny roads. We're right on the ocean. Um, we're riding these bikes, and I'm literally, like, screaming while riding because I, like, it was, it was just a moment I wish I could, like, have recorded and I could just, like, show you guys my memory. But... Oh, it's probably so surreal. Like, if, like, it gives me goosebumps when you talk about yeah, it. Like, yeah, I can no. feel that Feel moment. that vibe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's sick. I so, how like... old were you at that point? Uh, this was 2018. Oh, yeah. like, and that was your first time to Japan. This was my second time. Oh, second time. Yeah. Okay, second. And so, like, that one was a pretty, like, that's number one for sure. Just that feeling. It was just, like, the wow. whole day. My dad was there. Just how everything planned out. It was kind of, like, a surprise, but it wasn't a surprise. And no one can speak the language, but we all love motorcycles. And somehow we're all here. And it was just, that whole trip was really special. Oh, um, that's that's Number, <laughs> I mean, all these women's events that we've gone to, like, it's really hard to beat, like, our last babes trip that we went on, us three. I mean, all of the babes trips, the one where my mom came with us and Amanda was with us. And, I mean, it's it's really hard that you're splitting hairs between which ones are the best. For sure. Just um, babes, in, babes in itself. Babes, that could be your <laughs> babes in itself. We'll just we'll just classify that one as number so two. experiences just under that. That we'll have to get into maybe on, a, on another one. Well, yeah, we need, like, a the whole pod. babes pod. <laughs> I think yeah. we already did that one, guys. No, oh, no, there's, like, some there's good some stories. Like, from previous years. previous years. Yeah, we'll get into that. Okay, okay. And then, um, <laughs> uh, I think, I think this year when we went to, when we went camping, and it was Easter. Charlie, Danica, Kale, and myself, and... And? And Robin. And Robin. Robin just popped up. And I think it's just these, like, spontaneous trips, and it was, like, beautiful weather, and we were all by ourselves. We got to ride. We had the best time. There was literally nobody around. And that was just like a Thursday plan, leave on Friday, and we we're just in the wilderness for three nights. We built a wind shelter. That's a whole other trip we'll have to talk about. We roasted coffee beans. <laughs> we roasted Let's talk coffee. about the brew part of Pikes, yeah. Burns, and Brews. We roasted beans. I don't know if anyone loves coffee more than I do. Yeah, case. <laughs> There's a serious one yeah. for coffee. I was going to go way off, but I'm going to bell myself right there. Just like, <laughs> so, yeah, no. Those ones, those are my top three. And I mean, there's a million things that have kind of gone in between over the last... 26 years of my life that are really hard to pick what the best ones are for but sure it's funny like looking back none of them were really races and there's been a lot of really great races but the times where i get to spend like good time with my friends and i mean i'm the worst person in the world for uploading things to social media and thank god for insta now you can do these collaborations and i just let you guys <laughs> post and i just am like you were right off the post but i just like i find that when when I have these experiences, I get so, like, I'm just there and I forget to pull out my phone or all the photos I take are, like, <laughs> super shit and half of them are of the gravel and then the sky and then blurry and, you know what, it, it, it at the end of the day, it doesn't matter and it's the people that you're there with and you yeah. are also special. I mean, look at us three. We're freaking, re we're recording a podcast. <laughs> like, if, if you told me this is what we we're going to be doing when we were in your garage, what, four years ago? Like, there's, I would have just laughed in your face and been like, ah, uh, not a chance. Yeah, we so, both would have been like, just, we need a whiteboard. Charlie. <laughs> oh, but it's sick. No, like, I appreciate you coming on here and, like, telling your story and for everyone to listen to it because whether they grab that one tidbit. And I, I feel like there's so much behind the scenes that you don't 
see of, especially like you say on social, you just see a racer, but you're actually at the shop or you just see Lexi at the shop, but there's so much history behind it. And like, I'm just stoked to see where the next years go, right? Yeah, like, it's going to yeah. be so sick. I'm so stoked. 2024 is going to be a year. And I mean, I'm stoked that we keep coming up with new ideas. And, and I mean, this pod is just like another part of racing, right? Where completely out of my comfort zone and and I hate hearing my own voice so I'm sorry you guys have to listen to me but um, I, I love being able to share those experiences and and like the berms bits that we started doing this year and the trainings that we started doing um, in 2023 I hope we can just continue to do more stuff like that and give back and get people on bikes and just have fun riding so at the end of the day that's what it's all about and I hope one day that the sport just continues to grow and we have fun for sure i think that's inevitable for 2024 let's go let's go all right wrap that one up pretty good sweet thanks guys thanks thank you see yo (laughs) 